Awesome, awesome. Good morning. How are you doing? So good to be in church, eh? So good to be in church. Um, I've got a message this morning, and as, as Tom said, it's something that God has been really building into my heart. And essentially, the message is really um, an ongoing conversation that I've been having with God over the last five or six months. And so I've titled this message, Rest in the Storm. Rest in the Storm. I was going to actually title it Faith, Even in This Storm. That was going to be my other title. But I decided to go with Rest in the Storm. And just to give you a bit of background, I, um, I was going through quite a tough time about five or six months ago, just, just within myself, just unsettled, just within myself. I knew that there was something going on. And I kind of got to the end of just having enough of it. And I decided one particular night that actually I was just going to read the Bible. I was going to read the Word. And even if I had to read all night, even if I had to read the Scriptures all night, I was desperate to hear from God. I was desperate to have Him speak into my life, have Him show me something and speak to me. And so typically I would read through um, from Genesis to Revelation and read through the Bible from cover to cover, essentially. But God showed me something. Um, God showed me something in Scripture that I'm going to get onto and that I'm going to share this morning, which I'm really excited about. But um, before that, let's pray, eh? Let's pray. It's always good to pray. Yeah. Father, I just thank you for this morning. And Jesus, I just thank you for the songs that we've sung, that, sung, that you're our way maker that we can surrender to you, that we open up to you, Lord God, to do whatever you want to through us, to move through our lives, to rest in you. I pray that this morning that you would show yourself and reveal yourself to us by your spirit, that you are trustworthy, that we can depend on you, that you are faithful, that we can really, truly come to that place of surrender and rest in you in a storm or in any circumstance, or at any stage of life, whatever's going on, whatever we're feeling, whatever we're seeing, whatever's going on around us, Jesus, you are our rock and our foundation. You are our strong tower, God, that we can run to. You are the one that is secure in our lives, and we can rest and have faith in you and be without fear. So I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd speak to us all individually, collectively this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as I was saying, I was, reading, I was reading from where I was up to in my Bible reading, which was somewhere in the Old Testament. And then I just felt really impressed to go to the scriptures where Jesus is asleep in the storm in a boat. And so I did what we do these days. I Googled searched where that is. And I found that it was in the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. In the book of, it's also in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 23 to 27, both um, account for this event. And so we're just going to look at Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. Kieran, you're doing your job well, mate. I was just checking to see whether the scriptures are up there. That's a good start, good stuff. And so we're just going to read from Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. And it goes like this. On the same day when evening had come, he, that is Jesus, said to them, that is the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, 
and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? In the book of Matthew, it's actually recorded that the disciples also say, Lord, save us. And they also say, you know, do not care that we are perishing, like, you know, we're literally about to die. And so I'm, I'm, knowing that, I'm knowing that God has led me to this scripture, knowing that he's impressed it on my heart, like I'm excited. I'm excited to hear what God's got to say to me. I'm excited to hear what he's going to reveal to me because he impressed it and he interrupted my Bible reading and he impressed on me to go to the scripture. So I'm excited. And then I'm really focused in on Jesus's response to the disciples in the storm when he woke him up. He said, you know, why did you guys fear? Where was your faith? Or why did you have little faith? And I'm just looking at it and I'm just thinking, geez, it just, just seems so unreasonable. Like, like, why would you talk to your disciples like that? Like, come on, Jesus, where's your sense of being reasonable? I'm like, God, like, what? What are you on? Like, this is a storm. This is a massive storm. And I looked into the Greek um, in the, for the word storm or windstorm in Matthew and Mark. And Matthew, it talks about it likened to an earthquake. In Mark, it talks about it likened to a hurricane. And in both accounts, it talks about a great, a great storm, like great in its wildest sense. And so this is no small storm. Like, literally, we know it happened suddenly from the text. We know that waves and stuff were beating on the, on the boat and coming in. They were swamped. I'm like, Jesus, like, are you serious? Like, what's your deal? Like, what? what? I'm, not get, I'm, not, I'm not joining the dots here. Like, why did you respond to your disciples like that? And that's, that's just, because obviously I've gone to those scriptures. I'm looking for an answer from God, and, and it garners a response from me, right? Again, it's an honest response from me. And I'm like, God, what? I just, I'm just not joining the dots on this one. Um, yeah, like what's going on? And they, you know, they awoke him and it says, they, you know, the disciples says, Lord, save us. And I thought, yeah, come on, disciples. That's awesome. You know, Jesus is the only one that can save you from the storm. I'm like, what a response. And then and the disciples are like, you know, Lord, do you care that we're perishing? I'm like, oh, yes, raw honesty in the situation. They're being real about the situation. You know, they've got a, they've got a relationship with God, and we've got to have some uh, relationship, a good relationship, have some raw honesty, and, you know, we're honest with God. I'm like, yes. I'm like, that gets a pass in my book. And, and I, I reckon that would, I reckon I'd grade them an A, I reckon. That's, like, that's an awesome response. And I'm like, this is going well. This is going well. And then Jesus gets up, and he's like, Why, where was your faith? Why did you fear? I'm like, what? Could you just leave that bit out of Scripture, Jesus? And that would make for a cool sermon, maybe, just without that response. Like, What's going on? I'm not, I'm not joining the dots on this. And so picture this. I get this picture that here we have the disciples, and they're about to go to the other side. And Jesus says to them, guys, get in the boat. You know, we're going to go to the other side. And the disciples are excited. You know, they get in a huddle, and they're like, guys, let's just take stock of what we've already seen already. 
You know, we've seen Jesus perform miracles. We've seen him heal the sick. We've seen him cast out demons. We've seen him speak amazing, profound messages and parables with authority. We've seen the way that he's interacted with people. Man, we've seen some awesome stuff. Man, what's going to be on the other side? This is exciting. Are you guys excited? Did I mention I was excited? This is exciting. Like, you know, what's going to be on the other side? What are we yet to see? What we are we yet to experience? And they get in the boat. They're going along the boat, and it's just nice, and things are cool, and they're just maybe doing a little dance or something. And, like, and then John's like, hey, Peter you, Peter, you might as well just go and throw a fishing line off the back, and we might as well just see how we go. We might as well try luck to see if we can get any fish on the, on the way to the other side. And then they see other boats convoying, and they're like, oh, there's Mike on that boat. Hey, how are you, Mike? And yeah, yeah, actually, Peter's just fishing off the boat there. Um, we got a new lure from Henderson's the other day, and we're trying that out. You know, let's see, we're going to see how we go. And they see another boat, and they see John on that boat, and they're like, oh, no, let's call him Roger, actually. Roger, how are you, Roger? Have you guys got food and drink for the journey? Oh, you don't. Oh, you didn't come prepared. Oh, we, we came prepared. We've got food and drink for, to get to the other side. And then he goes, actually, Peter, can you put that rod in the, um, in the rod holder? Go down into the cabin in the blue chili bin. You'll see some little mini sausage rolls, and you'll see some drink. Get those out. And we just, let's get, get those, make sure you get the mini sausage rolls out. And so, and then, and then John's like, oh, this is cool. This is, how cool is this? We're going to the other side. And he's like, oh, actually, Peter, just, just hang on a minute. Um, Jesus is actually asleep in the cabin. So just, just be quiet. Don't wake him up. So I was talking amongst each other. Oh, man, what a legend that Jesus is, eh? Oh, the miracles that he's performed, the messages that he's preached. I mean, what a champion. What a legend he is. He is such a good guy. Well, I am. What a, what a champion. What a champion. And then Peter comes back with the sausage rolls and things. And they're like, oh, this is cool. And then and they're excited. And they're getting on the other side. And they're doing a little dance and stuff. And then they're like, and then, and then John's talking to Peter. He's like, huh, Peter, um, huh, actually, are there some dark clouds in the distance over there? Um, looks like a bit of a storm's brewing. Um, I, I checked Met service this morning. And, and, and there's no sign of the weather turning. Peter, did you check Met service this morning? And Peter's like, no, no, I didn't, no. No, I used the Windy app, actually. And um, it's a good app, you've got to see it. But no, I didn't see any change in the forecast. And then boom, and this storm hits, and, and it's crazy, and it's just the waves are beating over, and the disciples are like, ah, 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 scampering, and they're like, where's Jesus? Jesus still and they're scampering up to Jesus, and they're like, Lord, save us. We're, we're going to perish. Do you not care that we're going to die? And then Jesus gets up and he calms the wind and calms the waves. And if I could paraphrase Jesus, he's like, guys, what was the big deal? Where was your faith? Where was your, why did you fear? And the disciples are, I'll be like, huh? Like the big deal, kind of the, the storm, like probably the biggest storm ever. Like that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing that we're, you serious? And like, you know, and Jesus is just like, and so I'm going on this journey and that and, and, um, and there was this time, just, yeah, I'm going on this journey, and I'm like, Jesus, what are you saying? And I think sometimes, if we have an honest relationship with God, we can be like that. We can be like, huh? What's going on? I remember at Smith's Farm Park, we went to um, church, we went to camp in Waitangi weekend. I met a youth group early in the morning, a youth, youth group. I mean, a senior youth lad that goes to our youth group early in the morning, and I was coming across his path. He, was, he went to the toilet. I was going to the toilet. It wasn't arranged, our meeting. 
And I walked past, meet him in the kitchen, and then, and then I go, oh, hey, how are you? And it was early in the morning, and he just goes to me, um, and he kept walking. And I'm like, what? And if I could put words in his mouth, he's like, Ryan, it's too early in the morning. I'm actually not going to put words to a sentence this time of morning. And he just went straight back to his tent. And I was just thinking, how much can we be like that with God, eh? Just like, ah, if we're honest about Scripture and about what God's up to. But actually, what happens is, when it's like that in the natural, and we can't understand things with our natural mind or our natural eyes, what it is, it's an invitation to go deeper. It's an invitation to go, God, what are you really saying? What are you, what's the heart, what's the crux of what you're really saying to me? You know, what, what is it that you're saying? So this was what I was like on this particular night reading this um, account. And I felt like Jesus say to, I asked him, I felt like Jesus say to me, Ryan, I was telling the truth. And I was like, whoa, telling the truth. And, and I said, okay, God, so, so this is, I read this, I read the text saying, you rebuke to the disciples saying, why did you fear? Why did you have little faith? So what are you inferring? What do you mean? And I realized if you're saying that, then you're inferring that even in that storm, they could be full of faith and without fear. And I got a sense of where Jesus was speaking that from, the position above the storm, the position of faith, the position where he was speaking that from. And all of a sudden, my queries to God about what, you know, what other scenario were you expecting and, 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 and you know, what do you mean and it's really unreasonable, your response, all that sort of stuff suddenly became, suddenly I started to get a sense of actually the statement is reasonable from a position of faith, from a position of being above the storm, from an invitation to us that we can be full of faith and even without fear in Jesus, even in, even in that storm, even in that storm. And I went to bed that night, and I was like rested and excited about that revelation about actually Jesus is above the storm, and that we can be full of faith and without fear in him, even in a storm like that in our lives, even in a circumstance like that. And so later that week, I believe, it was shortly after that night, I was um, having a morning where I had the worship music on loud, had my headphones on. And I was walking back and forth in my lounge, and I was sort of singing, but I was not really singing. I was kind of mouthing because I didn't really want to wake up um, Tracy and Hamish, but I was singing from within, if you know what I mean. And I was like, yeah, I was like worshiping God. I was like going, I was just worshiping God. I was just, just in that place of just like, yes, God, this is so cool. And I was just enjoying his presence and I was really worshipping him and really just singing from within, from my heart, not audibly necessarily, but kind of, you know, I was, if that makes sense, it makes sense in my mind. Cool. It makes sense to some people. I'm like, I wonder if that makes sense. But I was like worshipping God, like walking back and forth, and I was like, this is cool. And, 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 then, and then I just had that picture impressed on my mind again about Jesus in the storm, and I was excited again. I was like, yeah, that's right. And I was like, and I was like this. I was like, yeah, God, I get it, because... You're the name above every name, eh? Like you're, you're, you're above the storm, eh? You're above the storm and you're the name above every name. And I felt like God say to me, get alongside of me, like going, Ryan, 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 Ryan. 
like interrupting me when I was saying that. And what he was doing to me is he was cutting to the chase with me like he was doing to the disciples. He was cutting to the chase through my Christianese, through my language, through my taglines, through even scripture and things like that. Because sometimes we can say it could be good stuff, but we can miss out on the depth and the revelation of the truth of the word of God. We can say things that can sometimes be good to say, absolutely, but just don't even can be empty and baseless. And God was cutting, cutting through my Christianese, and I just felt God say, Ryan, I'm not competing with the storm. And I was like, oh, oh, you're not competing with the storm. And then I got a sense of what God was saying. If I go to the scripture, it says this in Ephesians 1, that he's far above, far above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who falls all in all. He is not just sitting above the storms in our life. He is not just above the circumstances in our life. I saw him sitting above the circumstances, but Jesus saying, I'm so far above. I'm exceedingly above the Father and the Son are seated in heavenly places. Jesus is his right hand. He is so far above every circumstance, every situation that you might go through. He is far above principality and power and might. He is so far. His name is the name above all names. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is high and lifted up. Jesus is high and lifted up. And that's who we're talking about this morning. We're talking about Jesus. That's not just above your storm. We're talking about a God who is far above, far above anything that you go through. And actually the storm has no relevance to him. There's no relevance to him. And the picture of that was Jesus was asleep in the storm. There's no relevance to him. It, it doesn't even measure on the scale of things, the circumstances. No principality or power of darkness or the devil himself does not even register on a scale of comparison to Jesus Christ. He is far above. He is high and lifted up. That's the God we serve. That's the God we worship. He has conquered all in all. And I was like, I was like, oh. And I just felt this grit within me. And I was like, oh, man. But the relevance to Jesus is us in the storm. And, and the relevance is that he's with us in the storm. He's with us in our vessel. He's with us in our boat. He's with us in our lives in the storm. But he's far above it. Position high and lifted up in victory. And then I'm like this. And I went back to the worship. I was like, yeah, that's cool, God. And then I was like this. I was like, oh, God, I get it. I'm like, I'm like, God, I get it. I'm like, oh, because you're with us in difficult times, eh? And like, you know, I was like, the extent that we are weak is the extent that we rely on your strength and the extent that we're insecure is the extent that we rely on you as our shepherd and we should not want in the secure one. The extent that we feel like we're out of control is the extent that we rely on that you are in control and that you're the author and finisher of our faith. The extent that we're without comfort is the extent that we rely on you as our comforter. And I was like, God, the extent that we can't see ahead, if any visibility ahead or any vision is the extent that we rely on you that you've gone before us and prepared the way and let us in God. I was like, I was like, God, I, I, I get it. And then I was like, this. I was like, but in this storm, 
you serious? I was like, you serious? I was like, what? I was like, and I was like, and I was like this, I was like this. I was like, God, while we're both being honest with each other, <laughs> and the irony in that statement is just, but we moved on, you know, God's, I was like, while we're both being honest with each other, I was like this, I was like, I feel like I, I feel like I need some kind of natural strength or confidence or comfort. I, I feel like I need to have some kind of control over the situation. I feel like I feel like I need to have some kind of vision in that because like I'm all like that's cool. Like I get it that that can be less at times and that, but like, I feel like I need that because if I'm relying and trusting in you, it doesn't quite work out. Then I need something to fall back on, like my own strength and my own confidence or my own security. You know, I I, I kind of I kind of need I kind of you know, I, I need that. And I was like, because in this storm, these guys, they had, they had nothing to rely on. They couldn't rely on their navigational skills. They couldn't rely on their background. They couldn't rely on, uh, they, they had probably had no comfort. That was in the storm. They probably had no visibility to the other side. They had nothing. I was like, I was like, God, are you serious in that storm? And I was like this. I was like, I'm happy to sing those sort of lyrics on Sunday. <laughs> and I was like, God, I'm not being necessarily disingenuous or hypocritical, but to live it in this storm, you serious? And I felt, <laughs> God's good, eh? God's good. All the time. <laughs> and I felt the answer of God come back to me. And I felt God say, Ryan, even in the storm, especially in the storm, you can rely on me and trust to me. And I felt like God say to me, me Ryan, you, re- you learn to rely on me in this storm. You learn to rest in me and rely on me on this storm. You rely and rest in me in every single storm that you face in every single circumstance that you're in. You rely on me on this one. And I was just like, whoa. And that sort of satisfied me, I think, for a while. You know, that was like, oh, come on, God. That's so, that's so cool. The Apostle Paul talks about this. He talks about a secret talks about a Christian secret and a mystery and a key in the book of uh, Philippians chapter 4, good stuff Kieran, verses 11 to 13. And um, he talks about the secret, and it's the secret in the Greek, this word, is it's actually quite a risque word to have in the book. It talks about like a mystery, it almost could probably be used in cultish type, all sorts of stuff, but it talks about the secret, this mystery to Christian living. And the Apostle Paul says this, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13. I'm not saying this because I am need, I am need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things, I can do all this through Him. Who gives me strength? Whatever the situation, whatever the circumstances that we're in, actually we can learn to be content. On that day with the storm, the miracle, the obvious miracle perhaps that we often look to, perhaps that we often talk about, is Jesus delivering them from it. And Jesus does that. He delivers us from the storm. He rebuked the winds and the waves, and there was a great calm. He not, didn't just deliver them from the storm in that boat. He delivered the convoy of all the other boats that would have been affected by that too. 
but perhaps we may perhaps overlook another miracle, and that is Jesus asleep in the midst of the most horrendous, horrific storm. See, Jesus wasn't actually woken up by the storm. He was woken up by the disciples. Jesus wasn't disturbed or moved or worried or anxious or stressed or restricted or hindered or felt out of control at all by the storm. He remained asleep in the storm. And it's a picture of contentment that we can take because if we're a Christian, if you're a believer, then the Bible says, as Amber spoke on maybe two or three weeks ago, that we're not just in church, but we're in Christ. And if we're in Christ, we can rest in Jesus even in that storm, even in a hard, difficult time. Jesus is saying, yes, you can fully rest in me. You can fully trust in me. Just as we, and just um, that concluding statement is this from Paul, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Not a statement under the law or obliging statement or a statement that you have to, but an empowering statement. Learning the contentment and rest in the Lord and surrender to God comes with a conclusion that I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Whatever circumstances we face, whatever's happening in our lives, whatever we've been through, whatever the variables you may list, whatever you go through, the truth is that we can rest in the storm, we can rest in Christ. And the conclusion is, I can do all this. I can live out his will. I can live unhindered through him who gives me strength. I'll just ask the team to to come back as we... I you know there's times in my life where there's been times in my Christian walk where I've I've, I've literally felt like I'm one of the worst Christians out there and it's not it's not false modesty it's false humility I know my weaknesses I know my tendencies I I know sometimes my, I know my thoughts and things like that and where that's been before, and I, I, I felt at times like I must be the worst Christian out there. I've looked at other Christians, not in a comparison way, but I've looked at other Christians and admired faithfulness and things like that, but at times I've felt like that. But I just want to tell you one thing. On January the 31st, 2006, while in my room, having an understanding of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the saving grace of him saving me from my sin, forgiving me, saving me from judgment, saving me from hell separated from God, having understood that on a journey of repentance in my room, realizing that night I knew that I was going to encounter God. And I was in my room and there was just an amazing sense that night that clouds just, it was a really special night for me. And I was in my room and I know now that it was the Holy Spirit. I can literally feel the Holy Spirit hovering hovering above me, ready to come into my life. Almost involuntary, I realized that to live out the will of God, to live out His calling, I not only needed to be forgiven, I not only needed to accept the saving grace of Jesus Christ, I actually needed the Holy Spirit, I needed Him in my life. I needed to be able to love God through His love and love other people and live out His will. And the only way to do that 
is to accept his love and to accept the Holy Spirit into my life. Almost involuntary, I asked him to come into my life and he filled me in the warmth of his love. And you know, and people were coming to mind that I didn't even realize I had grudges against. I didn't even realize I had issues against. I just felt the love of God for them. Almost like I want to see those people tomorrow. Just the love of God just washing through me and filling me. Without having any sort of experience of this type of church setting, I raised my hands just in awe of God filling me. And ever since that night, I've been hungry, I've been desperate for God. And there's been years, there's been times where I've almost felt apologetic about that. But I'll tell you what, I'm never, I made a decision recently, I'm never going to apologize about a hunger for God. I'm never going to apologize about being desperate for God. I'm never going to apologize for being unhindered about wanting more of Him, about needing more of Him, because I need Him. I need Him. I need Him. And more than that, I want Him. And perhaps we get to stand to your feet if you're able to this morning. And, and um, just out of respect for others as well and concentration, just to close your eyes um, during this moment. And perhaps this morning you've never, you've never made a decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ. You've me- never made a decision to make Him Lord and Savior of your life. I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not talking necessarily about joining a church. I'm not talking about living a good life. I'm talking about putting your faith in the one who saves you, the one who forgives you, the one who gives you eternal life. I'm talking about a living relationship with a living God. And if that's you this morning, then you can actually make a decision this morning. At 10.39 a.m. this morning, on April the 23rd, 2023, at 26 Burley Road, Elam Christian Centre, you can make a decision that's the best decision for the rest of your life. That's a significant turning point that you can look back to and go, yep, I made a decision for Christ. If any of you are out here, if if that's you um, this morning, I'll just get you, please, just to acknowledge that and just to raise your hand. Is there anyone out there that wants to make that decision this morning, wants to raise their hand this morning? Make Jesus Lord and Savior of their lives. Okay, that's cool. Perhaps this morning, just while we're still in this in this position of standing and our eyes closed and just concentrating on God, maybe you recognize that you've made that decision before, but actually you recognize that you've just drifted away from that relationship. You've just drifted away, like you've gone cold. Like you've just drifted away from a living relationship with God. And, and you might want to recommit your life to Jesus Christ. God is all about second chances. He's all about gazillion chances. He's all about fresh chances. He's all about repentance. If that's you this morning, can I just get you to raise your hand if you want to recommit your life to God? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you down the back there. Thank you to the side there. That's awesome. Thank you. What we're going to do now it's going to do a couple of things. If you raised your hand this morning, I'd invite you just to come and just to, there's going to be a prayer ministry team here just to confess that you've done that and get some prayer and pray together with them on that particular confession. But also this morning, perhaps you're facing a storm. I just felt as I was leading in and building into this message that there's people that suffer and have suffered from depression and anxiety. And I want to validate those two things as storms. Because sometimes storms, if they're easy to name, like our finances and our health and things, we can kind of see Jesus above them. But sometimes depression and anxiety, it's like 
there's an event that might have happened, but the line between that event and what's happened gets blurred. And we're kind of left with depression, oppression, and anxiety. It can be like those waves that are beating into the boat and you're swamped and you go, I know I need to look to Jesus. I know I need to seek him. I know that he's my savior, but how can I do that? It's too hard. The waves are swamping in and crushing me. They're coming on me. I'm, it's too much. It's too hard. And you know, if that's you this morning, then I'd invite you to come. Also, if you want to just make a fresh surrender to God this morning, you might not want prayer, but you want to just come up to the altar and just actually go, God, I'm just going to freshly surrender to you, lay my life down to you. I'm just going to, I'm just going to make a decision like I've made again this morning to actually, Lord, I'm going to completely rest in you. I'm going to completely trust in you. I'm going to lay it all down. And God, I'm just fully relying on you from this moment on. If that's you this morning, I'll ask you to come.